Welcome to the 14 questions. Or welcome back. Nice job there, Brandon. I almost forgot my line. I, I'm not my normally, line. I'm, yeah, your line. My line. I'm not normally on that side of the equation here. It's funny. We're recording on a Tuesday. I know. Something, it's a Tuesday. Here we are. So what does that mean? We, we, we have no excuse for, you know, getting words wrong or stumbling because it's not Monday, right? <laughs> I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Yeah, we're recording on a Tuesday instead of a Monday because, well, we had a guest cancel on us. Well, they, they rescheduled. So it's a guess we're really excited about. Actually, we have several. Teddy's been doing a good job. Just lining Teddy up. has. He's been on it. Lining up the guest after guest after guest. And it's just, you got to work with people's schedules. I know it's difficult. You know, these, these jet setting individuals you know, flying all over the world and you try and. People you know, on the other coast. Yeah, that know, kind of thing. Got a couple of those lined up as well. Yeah. So. It'll but be interesting next next month or so here at the 14 questions. Absolutely. Now that we're coming out of this pandemic, we can finally start getting access to some people and talking about uh, various and sundry topics that uh, are way outside of our wheelhouse, but we can find experts. Should we should we explain to this to folks? Because I get, I get asked this question, right? They're like, how do you do this? And we're like, well, we leave it up to Teddy. I mean, he is a pretty integral part of <laughs> choosing the guests. Just... Put the dog on Twitter and see what see what yeah. you can find. But so, folks, to to pull back the curtain a little bit over here at the fourteen questions. So, what we t- typically do is we have an idea. You know, we, we know some interesting folks, or we have some interesting questions, or we get some. Like, let's go find somebody. Let's dig into something, and then. So we'll 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 you know we'll arrange it it's sort of a little uncomfortable and they're like they immediately ran and I'll be like hey we'll text them or something hey will you take our call and I'm like sure you know and then typically they're like are you guys recording we're like no 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 we're just shooting the shit <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like a pre-recording brainstorming session that's yeah. normally how it goes so we had a, um, a fantastic conversation with uh, the guest I'm 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 excited about Today's recording because that, that was just a good conversation. We we should have you said last night I know, we should have recorded it. Yeah, we had this wonderful wonderful talk yesterday. Just you know, kind of on the subject matter we're going to discuss. And after we hung up, I'm like, man, we should have just <laughs> recorded that. It was ready to go. It was um, like three different rabbit holes we ran down. It could, it could have been like a two and a half hour pod. It, oh yeah, we totally yeah <laughs> yeah. There were a few things yeah nuts. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have this person on here in just a few minutes. Uh, so we'll we'll discuss some of the things we mentioned in our previous conversation. And we've got to remember to introduce them. Yes, we do. We're we're terrible about introducing people. Yeah. The the utter lack of professionalism over here at the 14 questions. No, no, we try to be good. (laughs) But so folks, it it is funny, you know, we'll some, some weeks are very easy, right? Some weeks we know exactly what we want to talk about. And there's a, there's a few things that are, you know, you know, we'll be in front of the news cycle a little bit. I mean, for instance, there's a whole Apple thing. We're going to have to touch on that in the, week or so, you know, they're getting yeah. the suity stuff that's going on over there and just a know, few things, know, right? Kind of, kind of messing up the, the markets. But yeah, to, tech, Dan's, but. to Dan's point, you know, we, a lot of times topics fall in our lap and they're things we, you know, tend to follow pretty closely anyway. And, and, you know, you sit down and you push record and an hour or two later, here, here's a podcast. And then other weeks, it's just an absolute struggle. Um, and this one, this one kind of landed in our lab. Yeah, too. absolutely. Hey, yeah. you should probably call this person and see, uh, see if they'd be willing to come on and talk about a thing. And 
you know, it's, it's something both of us have a passing interest in, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare say that neither of us is anywhere approaching expert in this field. No. And I Um, sat, I sat down like I would on a Sunday usually, you know, to try to basically figure out some background and dig into this thing. It's just, it's just a weird, it's a weird world. Oh, totally, totally, totally is. But it's making me actually, now that we had the, had the conversation or pre-conversation, it's just, I've just said, I I personally have a lot more questions about this industry. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things got answered and a lot of new information uh, in the discussion we had previously with this individual. But then I walked away going, hmm, let me think about this for a while. And so, and this will be interesting for everybody listening because uh, this particular subject matter, uh, I can unequivocally say applies to each and every one of us. And most of us never give it a second thought. That is absolutely correct. Yeah. Interesting. So you're you're probably wondering, what what are we going to be talking about here after the break? Uh, And we're going to be talking about fashion uh, and different facets and little spindly web bits uh, associated with that and uh, in the industry itself uh, with somebody who's been working in the industry, gosh, for a decade or so at this point. Has to be, has to be. Yeah. we'll, We'll ask. Yeah, we'll clarify that number. Yeah. But uh, before that, I guess we should take a quick break. Absolutely. And uh, tee this up. We'll be right back. Sit tight. back to the 14 questions. Uh, as we were saying before the break, this week we're going we're gonna to be talking with our new friend Chelsea uh, about the fashion industry. And uh, I believe we have Chelsea on the line. Hey, Chelsea, are you there? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Another day in paradise, right? How about you? Yeah. I mean, 72 and sunny, about to be 71 and sunny. And down, <laughs> down there in Southern here. California, right? That sounds Beautiful, awful. Sounds California. awful. So we had already, um, Chelsea, it's so good to have you on. I'm excited about uh, talking to you about your your industry that you work in. We could kind of tee this up and told folks that we're going to be getting into the world of, did we mention the topic? Yeah, we did. Oh, we, we did. did. Yeah. Fashion. Okay. Which is an industry you've worked in now for a while. Over a decade. Yeah. Over a decade, yeah. yeah. So we guessed right. We guessed right. And, before and, and on the left coast and the right coast, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Bi-coastal experience. For sure. Bi-coastal. You were telling us before that it's global experience for you. Also global. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. I've, I've gotten to spend some time in, in India and China and Guatemala uh, as well, which has been really rad. Which is which is awesome. You know, anytime you get a job where you can travel like that, you know, take yeah. advantage of it, right? Yeah. I remember being a kid and, and as a kid, I always thought I would have every job. You know, like a lot of people would be like, oh, I thought I'd be a policeman or something. Like every time I was like, when I'm a clown. When I'm a this, <laughs> uh, but the one thing that I I pictured myself doing was working with people from all over the world, and it's been really cool that I've, I've actually gotten to do that. Um, yeah, it's been special. But so, and we were trying to explain to the listeners earlier, like how we tee these things up, and we had had a conversation with you the other evening, and I didn't realize you said you 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 didn't you went to school for this, but then you didn't like it, but then you ended up in the industry. I'm I'm still trying to square that. 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's like, it's a very silly thing, fashion. Um, it's a very silly thing. It's a very silly aspect of our community. I think especially in America, we, we're not quite sure uh, how we how we feel about it, how to square it. And uh, so I went to school for it. It feels very trivial. Uh, I went to school to kind of spite my parents, who uh, I think were not sure that I could make a lot of money doing it. And then uh, I graduated in 2008, and the joke was on me because this was the thing I was now qualified to do. <laughs> so I had to go out there and uh, and make it work. And and I think that having a, a certain amount of distance uh, emotionally uh, kind of kept me from getting prideful about it, and really kind of allowed me to unexpectedly like it. It's it's like that person that you didn't like when you met them and then the more you got to know them, you actually liked them more than someone you thought you would like from the get go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, like the like story of my life. Yeah. No, I, I, I come across as very abrasive because I'm, I'm just a smart ass in, in my day to day existence. So. I know how that goes. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's like, you know, to like something in, in spite of itself, I think, uh, allows you to kind of like it. Uh, in a different way than something that you kind of like could be disappointed by or, or hang your, hang your hopes on. Um, I definitely found it to be kind of overwhelming too. I I have to say, like I grew up in the South and uh, in the South, people I think rely on a lot of rules in fashion where uh, as I kind of have spent more time in the industry, it's been really nice to see that kind of at the upper levels, you know, when you go, you know, on Vogue.com and you and you look at the street style photography that they take that they're, you know, putting out there, what they're showing is like a celebration of people's experimentation with fashion. The different ways that people are styling themselves, the different ways that people are coming up with combinations and innovating as opposed to I can I feel like I kinda of came from a background that was like no white after Labor Day. These <laughs> yeah. brands are the brands to wear. Everybody's got their Yeti cup and their polo and their khakis and their you know, like yeah, yeah, very that. specific, very prescribed. Um and, and it's actually like been a a lot more open uh of, of an industry that, than I had ever anticipated. So I had this question that popped in my head after our conversation the other evening and I threw it in my notes. When, from the time you graduated or from the time you were in school, did a, or maybe beforehand, did, did a switch go off in your head where, you know, you would go shopping for yourself and just look at something completely differently? Like you'd just go like, I'm standing in this store trying to buy a shirt for myself and you looked at all the hangers and the racks and just said like, what the fuck? Like, like, was there a tipping point when like this whole, how all of this stuff I, works? I, I think that, I mean, for sure. Uh, and in different ways. I mean, I think there's, there's definitely a tipping point in which you kind of, un, you, you begin to understand um, how much everything costs, you know, uh, this button costs 15 cents or, you know, I, as a, as a young fashion designer, my job was to, you know, let's say you're buying a polo shirt and the buttons on the placket are the same color as the polo. And it was my job to, you know, comment back to the factories. This is too red. This is too dark. Change this. Like to, to, to stand in a store and see that it wasn't just this shirt arrives with these buttons on it, that like somebody picks those buttons out. They, you know, went back and forth with the factory to make sure that they were the right color for that you know, particular style, like that amount of attention to detail, I think, you know, really blew me away when I realized, you know, all these raw materials, you know, kind of how much they cost versus how much they were retailing for, or let's say something that, you know, I know how much it costs. And now this is 
someone's coming with a coupon and it's marked down and they're going to walk away with this for, you know, 1250 and I know that, you know, it costs at least $8 to arrive in this country. Like, you know, it's, yeah. uh, that's probably worth a little bit more or something at the end of the day. Um, that definitely, I think, uh, really changed my mind. I then think that I probably went through a process of, um, you know, you get sample sales at these offices. I was just like, you know, they, when we get rid of different samples and, you know, you'll buy something really cheap. And, and uh, I think seeing, you know, obviously higher, higher level directors and things, the way that they styled things uh, really helped me to kind of be like, I remember specifically there was a, I bought a pair from a sample sale of a yellow, of some yellow J. Cruz shorts. And I would never have bought yellow shorts in my life. But I had like, I was like, oh, you know, these are really cheap at the table, so I'll buy them. And it was, they became my favorite shorts that year. It was like, it really helped me to kind of feel free to experiment and, and to step out and to understand how things could be outfitted in, in different ways than I had anticipated. Um, and then I think the final wave of that was when I finally in my career uh, got to travel the world and got to visit these factories where things were actually being made and to see that, you know, so much of the clothes that we uh, wear are, are not just mass produced by a robot somewhere um in addition to the the designer in new york or in la who's picking out the buttons who's picking out the fabric there's been you know uh, a woman whose job it is to assemble these garments to you know uh someone is cutting these out someone is like you know assembling these things um someone is going back with that back and forth with that assistant making sure that the color is just right on the other end uh taking it to a wash house someone is hand embroidering uh, the the garments uh, that was really impactful for me to then also realize uh, how much just labor really goes into to these garments um, at all price points. You know, it's not just high end tailored things, um, even even really cheap things. Uh, I I remember being in a factory in India, and uh, they they did a bunch of different interesting washes there, and they were taking a paintbrush and they would dip it in bleach, and a guy would flick the bleach on to the shirt to make this like speckled appearance. And it's mm. like, yeah, that looks like something that you would never expect somebody was doing with a paintbrush. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you assume the textile mill just made, you know, thousands and thousands of yards of that stuff that looks all the same. Right. It's like, these are all right. unique. So did that come out of the factory? Like, this, yeah. so there wasn't like an artist type in a factory. So that wasn't somebody saying, here's a sketch, go make a thing that actually they were just like, Oh, we, we think this is cool now and we want no, to sell no, it no, to no. you. That was, that that was them in production for another company, you know, another okay. company had been yeah. like, Hey, you know, we want this bleach splatter effect on a t-shirt. What can you do for us? And that for them was like a guy who knew exactly how to shake the this big, big <laughs> wide house paintbrush, you know, just shaking it. But you know, the execution was really even over all these different garments, you know, um, you're hand shaking this thing and getting them all to look like, you know, fun and, and unique. Um, and, and that was like their innovation. So it was very cool. Yeah, I think that's that's fascinating. You know, when we discussed that uh, before, you know, people, we go into these retailers and we see rows and rows of clothing and, you know, 10, 20 of the same shirt, same pair of pants. And you never think about the process and how much work actually went into. And so I love that you went ahead and talked about that because uh, I was going to bring it up had you not, because I, I just I love knowing how things work and come together. And uh, I think people don't appreciate that enough. Um, yeah, you know, you know yeah, you're talking about these people hand embroidering and I'm like, you know, that makes sense. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's wild, wild to wrap your head around just how many yeah, points of contact there are. Absolutely. It's, it's really wild. Um, yeah. Especially to see garments that like aren't even going to retail for that much money, you know, 
Uh, it's really, really wild to see something that could end up, you know, kind of department store pricing or something like that. Um, that's very moderate. Uh, it's really wild to, to see that there's like a, a, a local artisan, you know, in a lot of these factories and not all of them, but you know, if your father worked in this factory and was a hand embroiderer, he'd probably train you to, to come in and do that. And you would then come in and sit on the floor and, and this is a thing that is still kind of passed down generationally and, um, it's incredibly technical and, and I really wish that, you know, there was a way to give more visibility and, and to honor the, the craftsmen that really work to make, uh, as flawlessly have these like beautiful garments. Yeah. It's really incredible. That's not unlike, I mean, you know, my, my background, I don't know if you know this, Chelsea, I mean, I've mentioned on the show a couple of times, but you know, I went to, uh, went to school and my background's in art and it's amazing you know, whatever centuries ago or whatever, how many artists did a thing, right? Whether or not that was a, you know, a church or painted a, a thing before the artist actually started getting recognized. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or their apprentices came in and they figured, you know, they'd, they'd paint a mural or a, or a something, but it, artists were very much behind the scenes, kind of like they are in, in, I guess in the commercial land now, right? They don't, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, it's bizarre because the actual creator or what you're saying, these, these talents are, you know, things that are passed down generationally. It's not their name going on the garment, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah, that's and, and right. Exactly. Like, like a, you know, an old, an old church, you know, who carved all of those, you know, beautiful, uh, reliefs of, of people into it. Like the person who did that was highly skilled and maybe the architect's name has been passed down and that's what we remember. It. It's very it's uh, very much the same in the, in the clothing industry, um, whether it's hand knitting or, you know, mm. different types of weaving that, you know, different washes and, and things like that. You know, if someone's just turning the drum of, of these samples, getting, you know, a sulfur acid wash or something like that, you know, uh, there's people really who have to be incredibly technically knowledgeable um, and, you know, show up physically and do these jobs. If it's hot in this warehouse, they're still sewing this thing, you know, um, they're really putting themselves out there. Uh, when I went to when I went to China, you know, there was you know, there's dormitories there. People just like sleep uh, at the factory. They you know have a place to live, and then they just like come in and work most of the days of the week um, for long hours. They're really spending a lot of time. You can't not be talented when you spend that amount of time focusing on something. Yeah, it's the know? whole whole ten thousand repetitions, right? You know, you're you're going 100%. to get better at this thing. <laughs> that yeah, is that yeah, is crazy. Absolutely. So yeah, it, for sure. So what's the most, what's the, what's the weirdest particular thing? Like, so in the, for the few small companies that you've worked for, I think you named a few of them the other night, right? I mean, just tiny ones. I mean, <laughs> oh, we, we, yeah. we've got to throw that out there. You, you've got <laughs> a bit of a couple of big companies, but I don't speak professionally for them. So uh, we may not yeah. name them here. But okay. We, we won't fair, go there. But yeah, enough, yeah, you, you, yeah. Okay. So 10 years in the industry. So, when they're trying to, is it always that they're trying to guess what the consumers want? I mean, I, I just don't, the, the whole fluidity of how this stuff trends. works and trends. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. work. I mean, exactly. Like the, how things trend. I mean, is there anything that would, that like shocked you or you were like, this is bizarre about this industry. I mean, the whole industry seems just yeah, that shit you know, bizarre to me. That's <laughs> that's I think the, the reputation, the, the industry really, I wish they did a better job of reckoning with, which is uh, they have a, a reputation of being a little bit insincere to their consumers. Um, and I think that both from like a trend perspective, but also uh, just in transparency of 
garment costs and things like that, just to, to veer off topic for a second, like, you know, there's this new company, Everlane, that's really popular. Um, and they, their whole business model was like, we show you what it kind of like a cost breakdown at every stage. So you understand why you're paying what you're paying for this garment. Uh, mm. But I think that trend can be a similar thing that, that people feel very excluded and feel it, feel very bossed around by the industry because uh, the way that trend seems so mysterious. But I actually would say as someone being on the inside, um, it is incredibly democratic and it is, we are incredibly, at least a, a lot of the companies that I've worked for, you know, I have never worked on, you know, runway products that is like really, focused on driving the trends, which also I think kind of transcends a boundary into a little bit of like high art, depending on the brand. Um, mm-hmm. not, not, you know, uh, less so than being something that is like intended to just be uh, worn every day, but there's different, different tiers, even of like high end runway stuff. Uh, but I think that, um, you know, at the companies that I have worked for, like we also want to, um, give our customers something that they can understand and we are responding to the way that people vote with their dollars. You know, we are looking at previous histories of selling. You know, the expression that is used over and over again is uh, give her something. I worked in women's work exclusively, but like give her something she, kn- she knows with something new. So if you're going to introduce a new fabric or something, maybe look at a silhouette that sold well in the past. Because um, you want to build that relationship with the consumer. I will say there are trend forecasting companies. Uh, which may sound crazy, but there are companies whose entire job are to, they have teams of people who kind of shop all over the world, who give runway analysis. Uh, it's their job to kind of sum up what colors and things they think are going to be important. And companies uh, pay a fair amount of money to subscribe to get this kind of proprietary information. Mm-hmm. However, um, nobody uses that, I think, as Bible. You know, no one thinks great. This trend, this trend forecasting company says yellow and green and teal are going to be really big. So our line has to be yellow, green, and teal. Uh, but there, I think that um, there's something very democratic in the way that, that uh, we listen to our consumers and want to respond to that. But also in the way that uh, this is something I've never really sussed out and I, I wish I had put more thought into it. But um, there's something nice, I think, for human beings about belonging or or something like that um, in how we all kind of like to follow these trends or you and I don't think the, the fashion industry does it maliciously. They're not like great dots are really in. Let's make everybody feel like they have to get something to dot uh, there. It's more like, Oh, okay. Uh, so dots are really in like, how do we do dots in a way that like shows who we are as a brand? And then consumers can be like, great. I love that. I've seen so many dots out there. Uh, what's a dot to me is it from this brand is it from that brand like maybe it's a shirt maybe it's a dress maybe it's just vans you know a cool pair of shoes or something like that um i do think that there is something that is universal and people's kind of longing to to participate in these trends as well uh, and to see themselves in in these trends so that's kind of hopefully shed some light on, on the trend aspect of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and going into that and this, and this is talk about a subject that there's a bunch of rabbit holes for. Um, but how, how is the industry or from your perspective reacted to like this social influencer stuff that you see or, you know, yeah. the pop-ups that they do, it just seems like there's just so there's so many currents, right. Moving around yeah. in the water. Yeah, definitely. I think that, I think it's very akin to what happened with Netflix. You know, if you had an indie movie before, I don't know much about the film distribution industry, but this seems analogous. If you had an indie movie, uh, you might get it in a couple of theaters in the Southeast 
and hope that it gets picked up to a broader audience. And then maybe it like ends up being in a video store somewhere and you hope that somebody picks it up or gets a cult following or something. But now that we have Netflix, anybody in the, in the country or potentially in the world who might slightly be interested in your movie about witches or something like that. Now anybody can watch that movie and you can get way more viewers. So I think, um, instead of it's, it's kind of helped that instead of fashion being so trickle down from the top, as far as like mm-hmm. who gets to, to push innovation, when you have all these influencers, you're seeing everyday people and not that an influencer can just be any everyday people. These people put a lot of effort into right, right <laughs> yeah. now. But like, but like, it's much more universal. It's like, so you're a girl who lives in Wisconsin and you feel really passionate about X clothes or dressing a certain way or just fashion in general. And you want to put out there how you have this unique sense of style you can get a bunch of people who are like wow i really react to that i really love that um there's a a a girl i follow on instagram who's an artist who has like a fashion line called fashion brand company and they she makes polos with like three collars they're almost like joke garments (laughs) like i would joke (laughs) in the office about like oh yeah they need a better polo how do we change it this time i don't know put more collars on it you know but like (laughs) (laughs) You know, she's out there like playing around with fashion in a way that's like really fun to see somebody um, uh, do. And she's able to reach people who think that, who get that and think it's really funny and, and respond to her. And, and uh, she does make clothes that are also wearable. But um, I, uh, I think that it's been a really cool thing for the fashion industry to be able to, A, it helps us reach more people and also B, uh, really see how regular people are wearing these clothes. You know, when I, I've worked for different companies and I would look, at the people who had tagged themselves too in in under my the brand I was working for and then see how they were outfitting things, how they were actually wearing them, uh, what they really liked, what seemed to be succeeding for them. And it, it was really helpful information. You know, I read customer reviews uh, and stuff, which I absolutely love. Um, so, re- so when people write reviews on your, on a product on a website, we usually do read them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is like a, a different way that we can also have a relationship with the customer. So, so, yeah. you, so you follow some of the stuff on your own then, right? Or is it, this is yeah. all for, okay. So, you, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's like a, like a, you take your job home with you. <laughs> I guess take your. I agree. Uh, you know, a lot of people in fashion eat, sleep and breathe fashion. And I, I don't interesting. necessarily. Okay. I, I have found it really helpful to kind of uh, balance my life out with, with other things and go home at the end of the day and try something new, you know, or I throw pottery now and, and stuff like that. Just to, it helps me come back with a different perspective, but it, uh, it is kind of a, a job that does demand you kind of like pay attention um, a lot. And, and it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of hours. And Yeah. It seems, like it seems like the, the pace of change is, is just, light speed in the fashion industry like what's what's the average turnaround say on like a new trend yeah. or a new idea because i know you had mentioned some of that before and maybe we can take a little deeper dive into that yeah uh it really depends on on the place that you work for you know uh i when i worked for uh an older brand uh we worked a year and a half out because we kind of knew the same qualities we were going to run merino you know we would book that way ahead of time and and just, mm-hmm. you know, buy it in grayish and dye it in different colors. And, and we kind of knew our customer was going to respond to that. So we could work way ahead and that helps you get more affordable costing. You know, you can buy nicer yarns and fabrications if you commit to them ahead of time. That makes sense. So that company, we weren't trend-based. We would work a year and a half uh, ahead of schedule. But Zara is a very famous uh, trend company. And they're, 
famously, they changed their schedule so that they are two weeks from design to garment being in store. What? Um, which is mind, well, which but, is mind blowing to me. Two, <laughs> two weeks. My life. And it's been really hard for the high end fashion industry because they will put out a runway show, and before the, I mean, when uh, my understanding that when a, a garment is on the runway, it's not immediately available because it's usually you know fall. They're showing you know months ahead of, of when it's going to be in stores, and so um, Zara put something out two weeks later that was the same and is you know. $49. That is crazy. By the time That's... their garment comes out, people have already bought it. Um, H&M can be very similar. Forever 21 is very similar. And uh, how quickly they turn things around. Uh, I think Forever 21, they make, they design an entire collection in a month and then it's like out the next month, I think, or something like that. No, no, they design a new collection every week. And every then week. I don't know how quickly that gets to, that, that's like they, they design it, they get samples back, they merchandise it, they, they decide on what the line is. I don't know how quickly it actually makes it into stores, but like that's kind of, uh, or for a while, I, I know that that was like kind of their process. So, so this um, is, this they're, is, they're very quick. This is kind of, you know, Brandon, before, before we introduced you and, and gotcha before, um, we took a break, he had mentioned that, you know, we're going to be talking about a topic that touches every, everybody's, everybody has to do this, right. You have to go out and buy clothes and this and that and the other. But it, you know, during our conversation the other night, which is why we'd love to have you back a few times, your industry is going to converge on a multifaceted thing, right? Whether or not that's environmental impact, you know, trends, all all the other stuff that's happening, right? So, you know, you're in an industry that's going to have to evolve to do all these things, right? Are we, are we, you know what's the, you know, green footprint around the world? How long do these garments last? Where do they go? All that kind of stuff. And and so I I just wanted, I just wanted to touch on that for a second and and tee a thing up, you know, and and maybe do a a deeper dive, get you back in the show, you know, and, and basically dive into, you had mentioned the, the, the vegan leather is not as good as, le- I mean, it, it was like point after point. I mean, Brandon and I got off the chit chat with you the other night. We're like, there's like three or four episodes there. <laughs> I, I had no idea. Like, like, back like, in deep dive, yeah. No. Yeah. It, Behind the cloth, you know. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's a whole new podcast, right? <laughs> I mean, potentially. I mean, yeah. you know, because it, it's, even again, I mean, Brandon said, you know, the, the hamster starts running and you're like, what well, Jesus, I didn't think about yeah, these just, the 20 things that are things. outside of your wheelhouse. You never, yeah. you never pause and, and think about the scope yeah. and the ramifications of things. So it was, it was really great to get some insight from you. Uh, we're we're kind of running out of time here today, but maybe we, we will have to circle back and uh, talk about that and the environmental impacts and in, in the, in the sourcing of these materials and what actually goes in kind of a, on a more granular level with Absolutely. the process. Uh, Cause I find this stuff fascinating. So um, yeah, I, I love talking about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you're cool, we'll leave it there. And, you know, basically if we can twist your arm and get you back on and, and, and jump into a few of these things. Cause I've like, I have more notes out of tonight's recording than I do <laughs> going you, into, came in with. right. So, <laughs> so We'll see where I go. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. That sounds great. All right. Well, um, thanks for so much for joining us. And uh, I think we'll uh, sign off here. Sounds good to me. Yeah, wonderful chatting with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank Absolutely. you, Chelsea. It's been great. Yep.
Till next time. Until next time. Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions Podcast. Welcome to our podcast, where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions Podcast is brought to you by Podhouse Media and Dive Pod Productions. Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts.